Chapter 81 Looking to the Pierced One They will look on me whom they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son, and they will weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping over a firstborn. Zechariah 12.10 Let us take up this passage under the following topics, which will bring out all its parts. First, the pierced one, second, the piercers, third, the lookers, and fourth, the mourners. 1. The pierced one. Messiah, the seed of the woman, the man with the bruised heel. He is the pierced one. It is he himself who speaks. He was pierced by the nails and by the spear, by the nails to effect his death, by the spear to prove it. Both of these are the exhibitions of man's hatred, before and after death. It is as the pierced one that we see him in Psalm 23 and in Isaiah 53. As such on the cross, as such in heaven, the Lamb slain. Divine yet human, human yet divine. Both of these perfectly. Human that he might be pierced, divine that his piercing might be effective. By his scourging we are healed. Isaiah 53 5. 2. The piercers. These in the first place are the Jews and the Romans at the cross. Jew and Gentile united in this act. The Jew the planner and counselor, the Gentile the executioner. It was the united hatred of Jew and Gentile that did the deed. The crowd surrounding the cross, they are consenting and partaking, as are all to whom the proclamation of this piercing comes. Who do not come out from the crowd and protest against the deed by believing in the pierced one. In this way, it is that all the world is guilty of the deed. 3. The Lookers. In one sense, the first piercers were lookers. They looked and pierced. They pierced and looked. But that looking brought no change. They looked and hated all the more. Jew and Gentile then looked. But they remained the same. The lookers in our text are not those who surrounded the cross, but those who came afterwards, not looking at the actual cross, but listening to the story of the pierced one. How idly they talk who say, Had we seen the cross, we would have been melted down. At Pentecost, we find these lookers. In many places, times, and ages, we find them. We still find them. In the latter day, our text is to be more fully verified to Jew and Gentile. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. Revelation 1 7, that is, look upon him. The whole world will be lookers then. Every eye. In our day, we may say that it is by the ear we look. It is the record that brings the cross before the eye and presents to us the pierced one. We preach the story of the cross and say, Look! And for the mourners. The actual piercers at the cross did not mourn. They railed and wagged their heads. The sight of the pierced one then produced only hatred and mockery. A man might see the cross and remain hard hearted. The cross and the crucifix in themselves can do nothing for a soul. Yet the pierced one is the object to which God turns our eye. It is of him that the Holy Spirit makes use in breaking the hard heart and binding up the broken one. 
He does not work except in connection with the cross of Christ. He uses the cross for producing godly sorrow. Note A. The sorrow here referred to is very deep. It is like mourning for an only son. It is like the bitterness of soul for a firstborn. It is not the sorrow of a moment or an hour, but prolonged. Not surface sorrow, but deep sorrow. Not sentimentalism, but genuine grief. The grief of the whole man. B. It is sorrow produced by the Holy Spirit. His hand is in it. Otherwise, we might look a thousand times over at the cross and remain unmoved. It is not the sorrow produced by pictures, statues, the sight of Sinai or Jerusalem, harrowing descriptions, sad poetry, plaintive music like the miseraire of Rome, or by the darkness of a gloomy chamber. These are artificial and mechanical ways of calling up apparent religious feeling. It is only the sorrow of the world that produces death, not godly sorrow working repentance unto life, nor is it even so deep as that of Judas when he said, I have sinned, Matthew 27, 4. It is man-made conviction, if it is conviction at all, not the sorrow of the Holy Spirit. See, it is sorrow flowing from looking at the pierced one. We do not first mourn and then look. We look and then mourn. Not the one without the other, and not the mourning before the looking. Many in their self-righteousness would first mourn and then carry their mourning to God as a recommendation. But there is no genuine sorrow except that which flows directly from looking at the pierced one. What do we see in this pierced one that produces such a result? First, we see infinite love. This melts the heart and draws tears from the eyes. It is love that is bleeding on that cross. Second, we see our own rejection of that love. We have long been rejectors and despisers of it. Our years of rejection come up before us and fill us with bitterness. What? So long despise such love? Third, we see suffering. It is suffering beyond all suffering of man. It is the suffering of love. The sufferer is love itself. He suffers because he loves. He loves and suffers. And fourth, we see that suffering caused by ourselves. We not only rejected the love, but we also nailed the loving sufferer to the tree. This is sin. This is our sin. We are the murderers. We hated, mocked, nailed, and killed. Oh, what sin is ours, and what must sin be? Yet, hear his voice. Turn to me and be saved. Isaiah 45, 22.